Just a few words before this short end-of-the-year episode. The following was adapted from something that I wrote for our local C.G. Jung Society in advance of a lecture on alchemy and crisis by the Jungian analyst Jill Croker. And so it uses more depth psychological terminology and imagery than I typically tend to use in these offerings. Um, That being said, I hope this languaging will serve to spark your curiosity rather than obscure or distract from the essence of the talk. Hope you enjoy. Cheers. Chapter 7. Bending the Arrow of Time For the Greeks, the word crisis situated itself in the lexicon of medicine and healing. It referred to a decisive point in the progress of disease, when things took a turn for the better or the worse. Crisis, a time of particular significance and intensity, a time of possibility and peril, a kinetic, malleable moment, a moment of genuine unknowing and inescapable uncertainty. The alchemical vessel, strong-walled and hermetically sealed, so as to enable and contain the great heat and pressure needed to transmute matter from one state to another. Matter in an excited, unstable state, a state of crisis. This is the decisive point in the progress of the disease, for every transformation is foreshadowed by dis-ease, a foment and ferment that bubbles up beneath the status quo. What trajectory lies on the other side of the crisis, the arc towards healing or the path towards destruction, depends in large part on the strength and the integrity of the vessel. The weak vessel fails to contain the foment. The intensity of the moment goes exothermic, goes boom. The vessel contains, that is to say, it holds things together that, in a moment of crisis, are energetically predisposed to separate. It is in the alchemical vessel that the third thing can work its magic. The third thing, the alchemical Mercurius, Jung's transcendent function. In the contained vessel, a new arrangement can be established. What had been two becomes one by means of a third, a catalyst. Disparate opposing forces of the psyche are reconciled just at the moment of crisis, the moment of intensity when the poles seemed most irreversibly opposed. But what of this notion of crisis as the vessel itself? How does crisis provide for its own containment, lay the groundwork for its own transformative resolution? Here is one thought. We can demarcate time chronologically, that is to say, under the archetypal sway of Kronos. Kronos time is unidirectional and linear, There are beginnings, middles, and endings, but the arrow of time flies straight and swift. Crisis bends the arrow into a circle. The intensity of the moment pulls us out of Kronos time and into Kairos. Kairos is time out of time, mythic time. Things happen in Kairos that are simply impossible in Kronos time. The intensity of transformation requires a mythic vessel. We can imagine Saul traveling along the straight arrow road to Damascus, keeping straight arrow Kronos time. And we can imagine Saul wrenched into an alchemical vessel, 
cooked and pressurized in a circle of Kairos time, only to emerge psychologically transformed as Paul. How often life responds to crisis with a circle, a shape that is the strongest and most efficient to concentrate, to contain, and to protect. We still speak of circling the wagons, and grazing herds form a tightly packed circle when threatened by predators. The decimation of apex predators such as wolves reveals to us that natural systems require such crises to maintain their health and vigor, for it is the concentration of grazing animals' bodily waste and agitated stamping during these moments of responding to threat that ultimately serves to fertilize and renew the land. The cell membrane itself is an evolutionary response to crisis, a bulwark against dissolution and entropy. It is often said that Jung's psychology is that of the second half of life. Many are drawn to analysis in a period of stuckness or dis-ease in a so-called midlife crisis. For Jung, this was a moment of pivot, a true crisis, a decisive moment in the progress of dis-ease. And the moment of crisis necessitated a vessel, a strong one, that could contain the energies released by analysis, which simply means a loosening. Jung's methods were alchemical. He sought to provide and shore up the vessel by any means necessary. Once the strength of the vessel was established, he turned up the heat, as the alchemists did. He threw in a catalyst here and there when the timing was right. In the consulting room, he sought to bend Kronos into Kairos, and thus invite a simmering in the mythopoetic realm, a harrowing yet ultimately therapeutic alchemical bath. As we close out 2020, a year unlike any other, we are suspended in the midst of multiple interwoven crises, crises that need to be addressed in concrete ways. Yet perhaps most important is that we recognize this time as a true Kairos moment. The Kairos moment is best met, perhaps can only be met, with symbolic, mythic thinking, an innate human capacity that has withered on the vine in a civilization long wed to rationality and the linearity of Kronos. So let us think and dream and dwell for this moment in circles. It is solstice. Our spherical Earth is completing its circular orbit within our circular solar system, within our spiral galaxy. The circle contains, holds together, not to guard against crisis, but to enclose and even to amplify the intensity required to create the possibility of new permutations, new levels of complexity and order. And so, as we head into a new year, begin a new revolution around the sun, my wish for all of us in these times of crisis is that we find or build or nurture or repair the vessels, that is to say, relationships, communities, and our own inner resources that enable us to step fully, mythically, and consciously into this Kairos moment.